Arts, Lifestyle, SNS Online. A condition like schizophrenia, still a lot of misunderstanding and, and, and yeah, stigma attached to it. I didn't have the language to, to talk about it. I didn't have the, the, the understanding, the insight. The thing was there was such an emphasis on, on like medication in the hospital. Very little kind of talking about what was really going on. It was just like, you're ill, you're really ill, and you've got to take these medications, and we don't know what's going to happen to you, and that's it. I got to the bridge and I went over the edge to the to the ledge and then suddenly out of nowhere this this stranger this guy was next to me and and talking to me you know I look back and I I feel incredibly lucky because talk about kind of a sliding doors moment Hello and welcome to SNS Online. Following our interview with Johnny Benjamin, MBE, earlier this year, we were intrigued to hear about a brand new drama based on Johnny's life, focusing on both his struggles and the wider issues of coping with mental illness in the modern world. Written by prolific playwright Katie Hymns, The Stranger on the Bridge is currently enjoying a brief run at the Salisbury Playhouse before moving to Bristol's Tobacco Factory Theatre, with the hope of more venues to come. So, before we head to Salisbury to watch the opening night and to talk to the cast, crew and audience, it's time for a pre-studio chat with Sam Forsteich from Postcard Productions, who is also the play's producer. Um, So we made the documentary The Stranger on the Bridge a few years ago, and the editor we were working with who was cutting that, the whole time we were sat in the edit suite, she kept saying to us, this would make the most amazing play. It's so theatrical. It has all the elements for the stage. And we were sort of saying we just want to cut this and turn it into a documentary before we do anything else. Um, And we did it, and then afterwards she's like, right, I've done my end of the bargain, I've cut that film, how about talking about that play? So we're like, okay, great, let's do it. Um, So we started off doing a research and development piece that was funded by the Arts Council down at Bristol Old Vic a few years ago, which was when we just got the script um, written by the wonderful writer Katie Hims. Yeah, Um, well done there. Yeah, she was amazing, and you know, it was a tiny tiny budget and it was just a brilliant thing where everyone sort of got on board with this project and saw I can see the potential in this and I want to help with this and we did this research and development piece just to try and work out what is the story on stage how is this different from the documentary what else are we trying to talk about and also there was a gap of a few years between the documentary being made and when we started this project so it felt like we now knew more of the story that happened afterwards and we could see the impact of it and it felt like we wanted to feed that into it um, so we did the research and development piece it was fantastic we were really really pleased and then we spent the last few years trying to raise funding to do this tour so it's been a long process but we have got there eventually how, so how does funding work uh, funding is um, a delightful part of any producer's job. Um, so we were very, very lucky that the Arts Council funded the research and development piece. Um, and then we went back to them and said, look, we want to do a tour of this. Um, you know, how can we do this with you? They advised us to apply for another set of funding. But as part of that, what we really wanted to do was an outreach programme that went with the theatre so that we could engage people with both the theatre and the subjects of mental health that um, audiences might not typically come to or people wouldn't necessarily go and choose to see that type of play Um, and so we then also teamed up with uh, an educational company called Unique Voice to develop this so it sort of took quite a long time to try and develop everything to get it right to make the bid to the Arts Council Um, and they gave us the money at the end of last year so yeah it was worth 
worth the wait. I, I mean, is it quite a sort of portable play to move about, say, if you want to do a version of it in schools or prisons or whatever? We've tried to make it as adaptable to any environment as possible. So okay. um, it's sort of quite a stripped back look with the design, um, which is partly the aesthetic, but it's also partly the practicalities. So if you are one minute, so this evening, um, I've just been speaking to the guys. They were in a school in Bristol doing the outreach today, and they were in a school hall. Uh, with, you know, plastic seats and, you know, tinny acoustics. Mm -hmm. And the play is being designed to adapt to that and then tomorrow go on stage at the Salisbury Playhouse. Um, And you do not feel like you are seeing a different version of the play in either venue. You are seeing the same thing. So, yeah, the adaptability is really important because we want to be able to take it to, you know, two people in a library if that's what is needed and we want to take it to a big West End stage. This is Johnny's story and we couldn't do it without him and his incredible ability to want to reach people and reach audiences and change the way mental health is seen and perceived and that's at the core of everything he does. So he is uh, very amenable to us and we go, we've got a bit of a wacky idea, how about we now take this to a play? And he's like, if that's going to help people, I'm completely 100% behind it. Um, So he was really, really involved when we did the research and development piece. Um, And at that time, we actually, he appeared on stage in it as well. Um, It's sort of changed a little bit since then, mainly because he's a very busy man from when we did that before and doesn't have time to be on stage every night. So when you say he was on stage, in what capacity was he? Was he acting? So he was um, appearing as himself. But on stage, so we had an opening introduction and a closing uh, monologue where the actor that plays Johnny meets Johnny and they have a conversation. So it was very meta, um, but it was a nice way of sort of challenging the theme of the play, which is, you know, what is real and how do we perceive what's real? I'm an audience, I'm watching an actor playing Johnny, but hold on, here's Johnny himself. Um, So it was a really, really beautiful moment and it was sort of a nice way of um, putting Johnny at the heart of his story, which it is, and um, him having the final say with the closing lines of the of the play. And it was nice when we did the, the performance of the research and development piece because Johnny started on stage and then the play carried on and then people got immersed in it and then at the end he suddenly reappeared and you could gauge the reaction in the room. They'd completely forgotten that this play they'd watched was about a real person who was present in that physical space. And when he reappeared on stage, there was just this audible gasp, like, ah! <gasps> Johnny, this thing we've been watching is about this person. And so it was a really, really beautiful moment. I felt it just sort of captured everything we were trying to do about the play. It's like, yes, in some ways this story is so extraordinary, it's hard to believe it's true. But actually, it's a real person and a real life, and these are real things that happened to him. Sam Forsythe from Postcard Productions. And we'll be hearing more from Sam and the important work Postcard do in the forthcoming show. Time to head to Salisbury now for the opening night and an after-performance chat with cast, crew and, most importantly, audience. We start with Lizzie Minion, director of The Stranger on the Bridge. So, Lizzie, you directed the play tonight. First of all, congratulations. How did it all start for you? Well, actually, interestingly, I came across the story professionally because I'm also a film editor as well as as being a theatre practitioner. And um, so I edited the documentary. Looking for a man that changed my life. I just am so grateful to him for stopping and talking. It it really was the moment that my recovery started. I expected maybe the one person to come forward and say, this was me, but I actually had quite a number of people come forward. Is it just a case of just wanting to thank him? Just want to give him a hug. (laughs) I was kind of cutting it in my loft. I do a lot of editing at home. And while I was editing the bridge scene where Johnny's giving out flyers, and I was like, this is a play. I can see it. I can 
it feels like this story would work beautifully on stage and also that we could explore the story in a slightly different way and like use theatre and the medium of theatre to explore different aspects of Johnny's story. So the documentary was beautiful in its own right, but the theatre production explores aspects of the story that the documentary couldn't in a way. So the whole thing about Johnny having a, you know, hearing a voice in his head, we could explore theatrically with a character. Um, and so, yeah, so six years ago I had that idea and, and we're now here. So it's taken a long time, but it's very exciting. So I've been working with Katie Hims, who's a playwright that I've worked with a lot, and she's fantastic. Quite a prolific playwright, BBC Radio 4 stuff and all, isn't it? Yeah, so Katie's done a lot of fantastic work, particularly for Radio 4, but also in theatre, and we go back a long way. And when I had the idea of... It becoming a play, I, I, I thought to myself, I know the writer who'd be good for this. Just... That's fantastic when you know that. Yeah, and, um, and so she's worked so hard, tirelessly, in sort of developing it and researching. Our cast uh, is a cast of five, and they play kind of probably 30 different characters. And, and we just decided, let's own that. Let's just say, let's just play with the theatricality of that and, um, and, and look at the humour of that. And also, you know look at the sort of artifice of telling stories and explore this idea of like, okay, so we are telling a story that's based on uh, a true story, but we're also going to have a bit of artistic license. So let's just own that and explore it and just say, well, sometimes what we're saying is true and sometimes what we're saying is a bit of artistic license, but let's just be honest about that and also be quite playful about the theatricality of it as well. There's, which... there's the odd wink a la Fleabag, I think I've co- coined the, it's uh, the Fleabag moment. That's really interesting because <laughs> Katie is a big fan of Fleabag, so she'd be uh, delighted to hear that it's been compared with that. <laughs> that's lovely. <laughs> I knew how it would feel to be free I wish I could break all the chains holding me One of the most challenging um, aspects of, the, of doing the theatre production in a way has been moving away from the verbatim of the documentary and trying to create something that is uh, kind of still truthful but theatrical and, 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 and different from the documentary in the sense that what we wanted to try and do with this is to give audiences an experience of what it's like to live with a mental illness. So in the same way that, say, the Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime gives people the experience of what it's like to live with autism, um, this play is about, well, let's really look at the actual experience of what it's like to live with a voice. And obviously we've, we've made it fictitious, you know, we're not being literal about it, but we're trying to give people a, a kind of truthful, honest experience of what it's like to, to have to deal with that. And um, hopefully it will give audiences insights into that experience and empathy and understanding. What's really important is we're doing an outreach programme to accompany it. So we're going to schools, prisons, we're going to community centres, we're going to a young people's secure unit um, and we're taking the show uh, to those places to kind of try and get audiences who may have less access to theatre a chance to see the piece um, and connect with it and um, engage audiences that don't necessarily always go to the theatre. So it's really important to us uh, that the play reaches those audiences. Our master plan is that if the play can become successful in a kind of box office capacity, then that income will fund 
reaching communities that need to see theatre like this. What we'd really like to happen is for the play to uh, to do a kind of national tour or an international tour even. So. Really? Any promoters out there? Anybody who's got any money? <laughs> Absolutely, please do. I'll give you my number at the end. Probably my most important question, have you had the seal of approval from the man whose story it is, Mr Johnny Benjamin, MBE? So, yes, Johnny is uh, championed this project from the beginning. Interestingly, he's got a theatre background himself, so he studied drama at Manchester University, which is in the play itself. And, yeah, he's really behind it. Has been That's always been really important to us, that he has felt kind of uh, connected to it and that he's supported it and that, you know, he, him and Katie, the writer, Katie Hims, have worked on it together so you know Katie talked to him a lot about his experiences and uh, there was a, there's a real trust between us as a company and and, and um, Johnny and I think that that's really important that he you know he's always felt that it was really important to us that you know he he has championed this project and is connected to what we're what we're all trying to do in terms of raising awareness with mental health and prevention of suicide. My name's Jack Bramridge-Kelly and I play Johnny Benjamin in The Stranger on the Bridge. Hi, uh, I'm Marco Young and I play the panda in Stranger on the Bridge. The whole story uh, and Johnny's story in both on many different levels is about sharing and his inability and ability and uh, a growing ability to share. Um, I think it's about the stories we tell ourselves versus the stories we should be telling other people. Um, both internally and externally and hopefully by the end of that play that's kind of what the, me the message that will be driven home is that you know, sharing is completely the right way to go whenever you have any problems I suppose Absolutely. Have you ever met Johnny? I haven't yet, no, which is mental everyone says that I have kind of similar mannerisms to him in real life so I'm a bit, it's going to be weird it's going to be like a mirror image so. I'm sure it's meant as a compliment because he's actually a sweetheart so. Yeah, no, I heard he's an absolutely lovely guy we got a message from him um, pre-show saying good luck which is lovely did you feel a quite a weight of responsibility playing somebody who not only um is a real story but is is you know it's person. not like somebody from hundreds of years ago i mean no. he is around in the room yeah that was weird but in some ways not that weird because it's a very universal story so in some ways i'm playing johnny mm. but in other ways i'm very much playing myself and that was what's so comfortable about this play is that the messages and the things and the journey that johnny goes on throughout the story is similar to i think what anyone could go through. Dry your eyes, my little friend. Let me take you by the hand. Freddy, get ready. Rock steady when Johnny strikes up the band. So uh, I play this character called uh, Panda or the Panda. Um, and yeah, so sort of I'm in kind of a little bit of, uh, of face makeup for, for, for a panda face. And um, it's a really interesting one. Uh, so, so sort of incredible script uh, from Katie. What she's written really is, you know, ultimately it's a voice that Johnny hears. OK, so so kind of in rehearsals and approaching this, we had to be quite sensitive because 
that clinically is 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 a condition, right? And we don't want to be callous, and we don't want to be sort of, uh, you know, we wanted to be careful and tactful in the way that we portray that uh, that that situation. Okay, so it's like how how best you do that. But I think you know, K- Katie's written this character that is lots of different things. At least I think two or three, right? So at times this voice is trying to degrade and humiliate Johnny, uh, and I think that sort of reflects again. Jack was saying sort of universal themes. It's that like you know it's self-esteem isn't it and and so many people personal close to me and and and, and to anyone I, I can imagine suffer from self-esteem issues so so that was one angle that we were definitely interested in looking at is like the panda in his kind of malevolent form telling johnny you know that he's he's, he's, he's worthless and, and and all of these kind of degrading thoughts but then it was also interesting to kind of explore and again this was a way that we moved away from simply just depicting like a schizophrenic voice is that Pandey is also towards the end of the play just an embodiment of Johnny's anxiety and Johnny's fears. So hopefully at times we, uh, there are moments in the play where we are, ex- you know, the two actors, myself and Jack, are experiencing and portraying the same things. And I think that is testament to, to the complexity of the character that Katie has written and also is a, is, is a hopefully more useful way that we can portray that kind of voice concept. If I could just add on to what um, you were saying earlier about like Panda mm. and Johnny's relationship, mm. I think what I really love about this play and what I love about a lot of plays that tackle this issue is that science and medicine, despite there being progression and especially progression and awareness, um, can sometimes fall a little bit too short when it comes to really communicating what that feels like and what that is and what how we can share in that. And I think what Kate has done absolutely brilliantly with the metaphor for Panda being a sort of live embodiment of all of everything that can be the wrong side of us is communicate that really, really well. Johnny feel good, Johnny run on. Johnny miss you, Johnny Name, sir? Uh, name's Rob, Rob Petty, yeah. I was sitting next to you in the theatre, so yeah, what did you think of it? Um, I found it quite moving, quite profound actually, and um, quite an enlightening experience. Um, I've had some dealings with people with mental health, not myself luckily, but I've, I've, I've dealt with people and I found it quite informative and it was a bit of an eye-opener actually. Very moving. I'm still processing it and I'm still obviously affected by quite a lot of what was going on and it's just really so sad how so many people have to do with so 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 much and it's really sad that uh, we're in a, a day a life where there isn't very much to help people that really really need it what do you think of the play tonight I thought it was great, really, really powerful um, and um, really thought-provoking. I thought it was fabulous. I thought it came across as, as very powerful. I thought the space was lovely because it was a very intimate space and that's added to the drama of it. Absolutely. Very stripped back, I thought, which yes, is which is great. very stripped back and I liked... I just liked the way that there was sort of the different narrators. Almost sort of, you know, because you could step outside it and view it from the outside looking in, which I thought was very clever. And were you aware of Johnny's story before? No, I purposely didn't read anything about it before I came to see the play because I just wanted to enjoy the play as it was without having any preconceptions. Very powerful theatre. And do you think there's just a general issue with the way 
we live our lives in such a fast lane these days and like um, social media and, and news and fake news and it almost like there's so much to process and like, if you're trying to deal with personal stuff it must be so much more difficult. Well it must be but I'm of an age where I'm beginning to slow down and I haven't really got myself into Facebook or any of the other things so I'm not quite on, on speed with that sort of thing. I would suggest you're probably a lot saner than a lot well, of us. I'd are. like to think so, keep it that way as well. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I'm over the moon that I've seen it and I thought the portrayal of the different characters but particularly for me the panda and what hell that must be because mm. thank God I've never had that voice. Yeah. I'm not sure why it is more difficult but there is something going on that's really scary about mental health. Um, perhaps life's too busy, we've got too much, you know, we're not meant to look at our iPads last thing at night, we're not meant to do this. Um, something's going on so we really need, everyone should see it. Well certainly for anybody that wants to learn a little bit more about mental health, I think it's a real eye-opener and I think it really does explain very well probably what people are going through. Yeah. Uh, without having gone through it myself, it's hard to say, but yeah, I found it quite quite profound. You know, in so many different areas of society, mental health is still considered differently to physical health, um, and how potentially that is a progression that still needs to occur, that like we need to look at mental illness the same way that we look at physical illness. It goes to some difficult places, but hopefully, and this is what I think people might be surprised to hear, that this play is actually quite entertaining and quite funny, as well as being... Um, emotional and um, dealing with some difficult issues it's actually um, entertaining and uplifting and heartwarming and and always that's been our kind of mission to make sure that it's an entertaining piece as well as an important kind of piece in terms of its issues. An act of generosity like that taking your time out of your day to kind of approach someone and care for someone even if you don't know them that is such an important message for me um, and, and, and so I think it does that in its very unique way. We would love to take this show to Edinburgh, you know this is just the beginning, we'd really like to take it um, far and wide, you know, nationally, Edinburgh Fringe, internationally, theatre festivals, we, we, we think it's really important uh, to connect with audiences with this piece. The opening night of A Stranger on the Bridge at the Salisbury Playhouse on Thursday the 2nd of May 2019. After its short initial run, the company will relocate to Bristol's Tobacco Factory Theatre, where the play is performed from Tuesday the 14th to Saturday the 18th of May. Beyond that, we hope the story runs and runs at theatres up and down the country. But to check the latest, please take a look at postcard-productions.com. I'm Nick Randall. Goodbye. We all kind of <laughs> show our best selves to everyone, but if we all digged a bit deeper, I think, and if we were all able to be more honest and vulnerable, you know, I think we'd find more sort of commonality. Edge of Waterloo Bridge by Johnny Benjamin. Standing on the edge of Waterloo Bridge, with a cold wind cutting my face, I glance down to the Thames far below, 
It ebbs and flows, a sea of waste. I hold tight to an iron bar behind me, fix my gaze on the hands of Big Ben. Behind me, the busy morning commute as chimes strike a quarter to ten. From here, heaven feels so close. My madness dosed with urge. London sits majestic in its sphere as my feet inch off the verge. Then, abruptly, a voice behind me. Hi there, my name is Mike. I pretend not to hear, but he carries on. Whatever it is, it isn't worth your life. Mute, I turn to meet the face of a man barely older than myself. Smiling gently, he says with sincerity, You will get through this, mate. I can help. Mike's voice is calm. Mine sounds so weak. As I speak, I begin to cry. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I was so certain I wanted to die. But as we converse, me and my Mike, this need is starting to lessen. His words of hope give me reassurance, lift the fog of my depression. Heavy rain is beginning to fall. We could go for a coffee, he suggests. Talk it over. Mike holds out a hand, takes a careful step closer. I take his hand. He grasps mine tight. You'll learn how to cope, he says as I climb to safety. Around me, he places his coat. Three police from behind us charge. Are you hurt? What's your name? Afraid, I turn and attempt to run. To the ground, I'm quickly restrained. An ambulance arrives into which I'm led. Mike gradually fades from sight. Dazed by the faces surrounding me, my vision bleaches to white. When I awake, I find myself here, sectioned on a psychiatric ward. Finally, I gain a sense so long been removed. My faith in life, thanks to Mike, is restored. <laughs> 